Welcome to the porch. Glad you are here today. We are starting a new series called Let's Go. So um, I'm always excited about this kind of a series. We try to do this about once a year um, to just kind of revisit why it is we exist as a church and what our purpose is to be in not just here, but beyond here and into our community. And so we've titled the series this time around, Let's Go. We're going to be in um, Matthew 28. And then we're going to and look at a couple of verses there. Then we're going to be in Matthew 22. And then we're going to land in Mark 3. So Matthew 28, 22, and then Mark 3. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It'll be up on the screen. Um, so what we're doing in the series is we're looking at what I would say is like our, our scriptural foundation for who we are. It's a, a scriptural foundation. It's not just a... Um, a catchphrase or just a, a reason that we, we existed and then we threw some scripture onto it. But the scriptural foundation for why we exist, what's in our DNA as a church. And my hope is, is that you will make it a priority to be present over the next three weeks as we go through this, this series. Uh, I know most of us, a lot of us are in kind of that back to school vibe and we've put in, uh, you know, we're starting this routine that we are in. And so I hope that you will make being present at church a part of the routine of a lot of other things that you do, that you will make being present here together with the body of Christ part of that routine as well. Um, so the series, we called it Let's Go. As I was looking at it and, and thinking about it, it was kind of that exciting you know, phrase, kind of like, you know, let's, let's get moving, let's, let's get excited about this, you know, kind of, kind of vibe. And so um, I would think about, as I was working on this several months ago, I kept thinking of two different examples of, of why I thought of let's go. And so um, here's the first one. Check this one out. Best in the business when it comes to a quarterback sneak. Let's go! 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 So he's doing a lot more let's go for Tampa Bay as well. So uh, we know that. But yeah, so I think when I hear t let's go, I think Tom Brady, because he's kind of popularized that. He's kind of made that his catchphrase, if you will. Like that's his thing that he does when he's trying to get everyone amped up. But it's not the only thing I thought of when I thought of let's go. And honestly, this has been in my mind for many years. And if you've had a toddler, this might be your thought when you hear let's go. Yep, Vominos. Everybody, let's Everybody, go. come on. Come on, let's You know what to do. do. I know <laughs> that we can do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then they go into that whole repetitive thing. They're going to grandma's house or they're going over the bridge. We don't know, but they're going there. So Vominos, but so it's been in my head for two weeks, so I thought I would let it be in your head for a while, for the next two weeks too. So, right, but let's go, Vominos. So, I don't know, when I think about this series, how about we think about like Tom Brady and Dora the Explorer going on an adventure together in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the weirdest thing that you're gonna hear all, all month, probably. Um, but like, let's go, it's that, it is that kind of excitement that comes up. That, that's kind of how pumped I want us all to be. Um, so here's the deal. As the Porch Community Church, we have what I would say is our version of let's go. We have our version of Vominos, and it's our mission statement, which a lot of you know, but it's this. It's following Jesus for our community. Will you say that with me? Following Jesus 
for our community. That is our let's go. That is our scriptural uh, foundation for being the church in this community. So Matthew 28 and Matthew 22 are the two references that we use to even to build this mission statement, this let's go statement uh, following Jesus for our community. And I want to start in Matthew 28 and look at this real quick in verse 18 and 19. So Jesus came and told his disciples, and he says this to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, let's go. He's saying, go, go, go and make disciples. And, and he answers the question. He's not just telling them to go for the sake of going right? He says, go and make more disciples. He's talking to his 12 disciples, but now he's telling them to go and make more. This is a worldwide thing that is about to happen. He wants them to impact the world. This is going to ripple effect. This is going to carry out as they go in the name of Jesus. So he says, go. And here's the good news for you and me. If you look at this verse and you go and you put yourself in the spot of the disciple that Jesus is speaking to here, which I think is is something we should do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you go, okay, this is a command not just for those 12, but it's also a command for me, right? Here's the good news about that. Jesus is not telling you to go in your own power. Jesus is not telling you to go and figure it out. He says in verse 18, because of the authority that I have, because of the authority that I have of all of creation, of heaven and earth, you go and make disciples. That's good news for us because we don't go in our own power. We don't, have to, we don't have to depend on ourselves. We go in the name of Jesus for the sake of Jesus, for the kingdom of God. That's when we go. So sometimes we hear a phrase like, hey, you need to go and do this or go and do this for the church or for the name of Jesus. And you think, but I can't or I'm not good enough or, I, or you know, whatever the hang up is. But Jesus says, because of all the authority that he's been given, we go. And that's good news for you and for me. So because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, then let's go in his name to share the good news that Jesus is life. He is life. Right? Let's go. Now, Matthew 22, it says this. Uh, Someone asked Jesus a question about what the most... Uh, the most important commandment was, and his response in verse 37 was, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he said, a second is equally important, equally important, not second most important, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when we say let's go, it's not just that we're like, hey, let's go so we will go and we can tell people we're going and we can say, hey, look at us, we're going. No, we go to love our neighbor. There are people out there that need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. So we go loving our neighbor as ourselves. And when you boil it down, a love for God and following in the ways of Jesus should be the motivation for everything that we do. If you're a follower of Jesus, then a love for God 
And following in his way should be the motivation for everything we do. And that commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves, it tells me, and so I will tell you, that if we don't have love for our neighbor, then I don't think we really know the heart of God. Hmm. So our mission is clear for the Porch Community Church, following Jesus for our community, and it's based right there off of Matthew 28 and Matthew 22. And so like the very first disciples, what we want to do is we want to do our part to help people go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. That's, That's what Jesus is calling his disciples to do in Matthew 28 when he says, therefore, go. He's saying there are people that don't believe. Go and share the gospel, share the good news, share the promise that that Jesus is life. He forgives sin. He gives you new life. You're regenerated. You're made new. And then grow into full-hearted devotion to him. That's why we call it a journey of faith, right? So we call this a journey We want to help people go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. That's the motivation for everything that we want to do. And so that's what our Jesus is Life weekend is about. Our Jesus is Life weekend, it's not just a, hey, we're back to school, let's have fun. It is going, let's help people go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. Does that happen in a weekend? It could. It could, but is it more likely that this is a continuation? That that's a beginning? That that the the eyes were open, the heart was open, the ears were open last weekend, and that now we want to help our students go to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ? Right? 200-plus students being a part of that weekend, 100-plus volunteers being a part of that weekend— from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. This is why we talk about, I talk about community groups so much. This is the purpose of them. Is it just to get together with other people and have fun? Well, it's not just the reason. Will it happen? Yeah, I hope so. But it's more about helping people go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. This is why we have... um, our, our STIR and SALT, which is our high school and middle school ministries, why do they meet? Just to get together and goof off? No, absolutely not. They get together because they want to go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ. This is why they meet. This is why our porch kids get together, right? They're, they're learning the gospel message. They're learning the truth of who God is from unbelief to full-hearted devotion. This is why Jesus says for us to go because this is what we want to share. This is what we want to do. Yeah, we do it in ministries within our church, but then you do it as well in your everyday life, in your conversations, in your connections, in your relationships that you have. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to go and, and, and share the good news and do your part to help people go from unbelief to full-hearted devotion to Jesus. This is what we are called to do. So we say, let's go. Let's do this. Let's be a part of this. Let's get excited about this. Now, here's a reality check for all of us. Because I, I get this totally. To, I so get this. Is that you might find yourself in the middle of this phrase, unbelief to full-hearted devotion. 
Like you might find yourself going, listen, I, I believe there's a God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's the savior of the world. I believe he died for my sins. And if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe this. But you're going, ooh, full-hearted devotion? Ooh. Right? Scripture tells us that our heart is divided. That, that we are divided in our devotion. And so you might find yourself in the middle of that. And you know, all I can say to that is that's why it's a journey of faith. And you need, we recognize that fact. We recognize that fact and we go, okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to do differently? What, what do I need to, what, what am I so devoted to outside of Christ that, it, that I'm, he's an afterthought. That is for self-reflection. That is for you to look inward and consider. That's for you to ask the Holy Spirit to show that to you so that you feel like you are moving towards full-hearted devotion, the life of a disciple. So I get that, and I just had to say that because I didn't want you, know, you to go, well, it's either this or this. I, it is a journey of faith. It is a journey of faith, but it is the goal. It is the goal of a disciple. It is the goal. It's what Jesus calls us to, is to full-hearted devotion. It's the goal of being a disciple. It's the goal of making disciples. Full-hearted devotion to Jesus. So the mission of the Porch Community Church is the same mission, right? Following Jesus for our community, it's the same mission that Jesus sent his first disciples out to accomplish in light of Scripture, in light of Matthew 28, in light of Matthew 22. We want to follow Jesus for our community. Let's go. Let's go. Now, for most, uh, you know, when you have a statement like that, there's, there's, there's a way in which, how do, we, how do you measure if you're doing that? How do you measure if you're, if you're going, you know, besides us just saying, I'm, I'm going? Well, we have, a missions, we have a mission standard. So our mission's following Jesus for our community, but we have a standard going, okay, how do we measure that within the local church? Because I believe if we can measure it within the local church and we can kind of go, okay, I, I feel like I'm, the mission standard is being met here, then I believe that makes us healthier and more connected, and more, we can be more impactful when we go from this place, right? Because it's not just about this campus. So our mission standard, but it starts here, our mission standard for, for those who are followers of Jesus, those who want to call themselves ministry partners here, is, okay, how do we follow Jesus for our community? Well, it starts with, we're together in worship, we, we make a commitment to be together in worship. We make a commitment to serve other people. And the easiest way to start to do that is to serve here because it's a, an easy step, so easy. And then we say, okay, we're going to be in community together. We're going to grow together. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to ask questions. And then we say we're going to make sure that we are doing our part to financially, faithfully support the ministries of the Notice It's a Capital C Church. Yeah, we have expenses here, but what we want to do is way beyond here. So this is, the, this is what we'd say is our standard of knowing, okay, how are we doing following Jesus for our community? Are we healthy as a local church? Because the question to ask ourselves is, are we connected as a church if we're not worshiping together? Are we really connected? Are we, are we spiritually healthy if we don't have a mindset of serving other people? if we don't make that a priority? Are we, are we truly connected if we're not growing with others? 
in community? Are we spiritually healthy if we aren't giving to the needs of the church? Here's some um, truth for you. There is a clear distinction in scripture between a disciple and just someone in the crowd. Clear distinction. Clear distinction. Turn to Mark chapter 3. Because see, all that I just said is like, okay, that's someone who's a disciple. That's someone who's connected. That's someone who's involved. Someone in the crowd doesn't necessarily do those other things. Mark chapter 3, beginning of verse 7. We find this account. You can also find a a similar account in, in Luke 6. But in this one, in Mark 3, Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples and a large crowd followed him. Now, that's not even the end of verse 7, but that's just one sentence. And I want you to automat- already look at this. There are three distinct people, types of people in this one sentence. There's Jesus, there's the disciples, and then there's the crowd. There's Jesus, there's the disciples, and there's the crowd. It says they came from all over Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, Edumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. So what we know is, well, that's a lot of places. This is a big region. Most people would say that this is definitely in the tens of thousands, probably pushing more to the 100,000 mark of people who came to see Jesus. The fame of Jesus was immense. I mean, imagine in that time, the communication is nothing like what we have, and yet everybody knew about Jesus, and they, made, they, they came to see him, right? They, they, they followed, they, they went after him, um, which, of course, makes sense because he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. Whether they believe that or not doesn't matter, but we know that to be true. Now, I paused it there at the, in the middle of verse 8 for a reason, because you would think with Mark's account that he gives of what transpires because of who we know Jesus to be and because we know that's a whole lot of people, you would think the very next thing that Mark records is that then there were hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people who gave their life to Christ, who had a conversion, who were baptized in his name because they came and had an encounter with him. You would think that that would be the next thing he says, but all Mark says, now let's go on in the rest of verse eight. It says, the news about his miracles had spread far and wide and vast numbers of people came to see him. And in between verse 8 and 9, you would think is where you get like the results of what happened. You would think that there would be something like, it was amazing, it was, it was massive, you know, because there's other accounts where we read that thousands of people gave their life. Thousands of people said yes, thousands of people. We, you read that, in this case, you don't. And not only that, but then verse 9 says this, Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. So the crowd was huge. The crowd was immense. The people that came to see what was going on was there. And it was so big, in fact, that Jesus was like, we're gonna need a boat. (laughs) You'll need a bigger boat. You're gonna need a boat because we might get crushed. 
Mark says they came to see what Jesus was doing. Now, here's an important principle when you think about being just part of the crowd. A lot of people just want to come and watch. A lot of people just want to go, oh, what's this all about? And that's, that's the end of it. On this day, these people were all too willing to come to see what Jesus was doing. But we know, based on where they're from, that many of those same people were also calling crucify him not too long later. So they were just part of the crowd. They were just part of the crowd. There's a clear distinction in every gospel account between being a disciple, a disciple of Jesus, and being someone in the crowd. That distinction is always made. Now, let me be clear about this. Starting out in the crowd is okay. Starting out as part of the crowd is fine. That's the whole point of it, is the crowds would come and they would hear and they would believe. There are several accounts of people who were part of the crowd and they followed Jesus. They walked away from what their life was before. There are accounts of Jesus actually calling certain people out of the crowd and saying, come with me. Let me go to your house and have dinner with you. So being part of the crowd is, is okay. That's like the entryway. That's the whole point of what Jesus did in his ministry. But here's the deal. But to hear the gospel, to see it, to recognize, oh yeah, that is Jesus. Yes, he is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And still continue to live your life like a member of the crowd? Well, that's a really, that's a difficult case to prove that you're a disciple. Where's the distinction? Where's the distinction between being a disciple and just someone in the crowd? There's got to be a distinction there if you're a follower of Jesus, if you have said yes to him, if you recognize who he is. There should be visible, fruitful, spiritual, relational evidence in the life of a disciple. Proof, real proof. In verse 13 and 14 of Mark 3, it says that afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and he called out the ones he wanted to go with him and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles and they were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach. See, the whole point of Jesus' ministry is that so people would hear and then they would follow him and then he would equip them and then he would send them out following Jesus for our community. Clear distinction. And so if you're not already asking yourself, I think it's worth asking, are you a disciple or a member of the crowd? Now, are you a member of the crowd because you're coming to find out what this is all about? Fantastic. Keep listening. Keep asking questions. Come and see me after the service. But if you kind of feel like you're just the person in the crowd that just kind of keeps showing up, like you're like, oh, we'll go and see what's happening. That is, that is something that you need to look at and consider for yourself and ask yourself, where am I on my journey of faith? Where am I between being from unbelief to being in full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ? Where am I? 
Because the ultimate question, if you're a, if you're a believer, is how has, be, how has uh, becoming a Christian impacted your life? How is it different? How has Christ impacted your life in such a way that there is noticeable evidence that you follow after him? Right? Do we just come to see what the hype is about? Or do we come to find the savior of the world and have him save you from your sins? And then he says, and now I want you to be in service to me for my namesake, for the sake of the kingdom. Right? Let's go. Let's go in the name of Jesus. So we have a mission following Jesus for our community. We have a standard within the church where we want to be healthy and have a way to measure, like, how are we doing? Well, we're together in worship. We're together in community group. We're serving one another. We're, we're doing our part financially to give to the ministries of the local church and beyond that church. That's a, a, a small way to measure how we're doing. We have a standard for that. We want to accomplish the mission. And not only that, is that we have these core values we have these core values of who we are based on scripture. And you can go online and read these later, theporchcc.com and about, and you can and read these. And, and I encourage you to look at them. If you're in a community group, I encourage you to, to go through these this week. This is something that we walked through in 2019 as we launched as a church. I just want to briefly mention these seven core values because they go hand in hand with our mission statement and our mission standard. And these core values are this, that Jesus is alive so his church will be too. Right? That's a let's go statement. Right? If Jesus is alive, then his church should be alive. Right? If Jesus is alive, like, let's go. Let's be alive too. Jesus told stories relevant to his audience, right? So his church will too. We'll make sure that we, we communicate in a way where people know what's going on, that they hear God's word clearly and, and, and in such a way that they understand it. Jesus made disciples, so his church will too. That's a let's go. Jesus loved sinners. And by the way, that means you. So his church will too. His church will open the doors for people that you might think are not worthy to walk through the doors. And then just be glad that the door was open for you too. Jesus made way for the Holy Spirit so his church will too. That's a let's go. Let's go. Jesus came to make things new, so his church will too. We will, not be, we will not be so like enamored with whatever traditions we build that we are unwilling to change them. I know some of you, you might lose sleep tonight because we put a center aisle for you to walk through in there. And I know it messed up some of you big time. You know, I probably should have prefaced the beginning of my message about it, you know. But we, we want to be part, let's go. Let's be part of what Jesus is doing. And this is my favorite one, Jesus saves now, so far I've said, and his church will too. Well, friends, his church doesn't save. So here's what we say about this one. We will do all in our power that he's given to us to share the saving work of Jesus Christ. Right? Let's go. Let's go. Here's a little bit of what's been happening that I'm excited about. Why I'm, why I'm so excited to say let's go, and I hope it excites you too. Um, Listen, you know we celebrated last week Jesus' life. Hundreds of people were a part of that, students and leaders, and saying, hey, let's go. And then what did they do? Did they go on Sunday night where I'm done? No, they went, they went back to their schools. 
They went out into their community on Monday through Friday and, and were sharing what is going on in their lives. And if, and if you have something that's been stirring up with you from that weekend, students and volunteers and leaders and parents, and you haven't shared it yet, what are you waiting for, right? Let's go. What was the truth that you heard? What, what impacted you in such a way that you've got to share it? Let's go. 11 people last week said, I want to make a public profession of my faith through baptism. And so in two services, we baptized 11 people who said, yes, yes, I am a follower of Jesus and I'm, I'm, I'm following through and being baptized. I love that. Next Sunday, we're doing something we have not done before at the porch, um, but it's something we're going to start doing. Next Sunday, so far, we have six uh, sets of parents who are uh, bringing their child and saying, we are dedicating our child to the Lord. And in reality, really what's happening is those parents are dedicating themselves. Because they're saying, we're going we're gonna to raise our child in a way where they, they know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want the church to be a part of, of that journey of faith. I love that. I love that. Right now, we've got, um, th this past Wednesday, we kicked off our porch kids ministry. They meet on Sunday mornings, but they also meet on Wednesday nights. And we had a kickoff for them and our community groups. And we had a lot of people show up. We had a great time and current groups and people interested in groups. Right now, we have, I can't remember if it's 12 or 13, uh, open groups. We already have some groups that are closed. They're full, so they can't take any more. But we have groups that are open that are like, hey, let's go into this semester Let's grow together. Let's go to full-hearted devotion to Jesus Christ together. And they're committed to that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the opportunity that you have to be a part of that. Um, I love the fact that our, our students are kicking off their year after, after Jesus' life last week. And they're starting out with salt and stir tonight at 6 o'clock. And, and, and here's the thing I want to say is that even with all that, I there's a lot of people that can be in community groups still. There's more groups that can form. In the past week, a new group formed, and we're starting it tonight. The parents of students are going to be meeting, and I'm really excited about that. They're going to be meeting while their students are here. So, like, there's more groups that can start. There's more, pe there's more groups that can handle people. There are, there are parents and, and family members here. You've got kids who are in elementary uh, grades, and they, they can connect to porch kids. They haven't yet, but they could. There's parents and, and grandparents here, and you've got students that are in middle school and high school, and they could connect to our student ministry. They haven't yet, but they could. And you could be a part of that. Let's go. Let's go. Let's be a part of this. As I kind of wrap up, I just, I want to say this, and I know I'm like, let's go win the second half, you know, like, but I kind of am. Listen, Jesus did not say this, going back to Matthew 28. He did not say, hey, would you think about it for a little while and maybe make disciples? It's not what he said, friends. He said, because of the authority that I have over heaven and earth, go and make disciples. It was a command. He didn't say, hey, will you look at your schedule and consider making disciples? He, no. Go and make disciples. So we want to have some, some action steps, right? We want to follow through with this. 
So if you're not in a community group, go and check out community groups. Go online, theporchcc.com. Click on community groups. Look at what's available. Consider it. If there's not something for you, but you really want to be in one, contact me, please. I will help you make that happen. I will do everything I can to help you make that happen. If you're not yet a ministry partner, but you say, this is my church, and you want to contact me, and we will, we will walk through that. It's not a hard process to make that happen. If you're not faithfully giving like you sense you could be doing, then, then change that. Change that. Make that change. If, if, you're not, if you haven't made it a priority to be in worship like you've made a lot of other things a priority in your life, and you sense that, then change it. Like these are the action steps that we can take. These are the, this is why we give ourselves like a standard, a measuring rod to know how we're doing. Uh, I have not looked at the, the next steps wall since after the 930 service. So I realize we're probably gonna be empty before, uh, before it's done, but we also have a couple of practical things. We, we, I don't know if you remember when we had vacation Bible school or leading up to it, you could grab a sheet of like help supply, buy supplies to help with VBS right? Well, that whole board was covered before 930 with these really practical ways for you to go this week. I mean, things like write an encouraging note to someone who, who, who is down, you know, buy the coffee for someone behind you. I think one of them was pay for the gas of a stranger. You might need to go get a loan to do that, but <laughs> right. But there are these really super practical things for all ages of people. To do, And so the hope was that by the end of the three weeks of this series, that board would be clear. We might have to reload it again before next week so we can make sure that people have an opportunity. But go buy that next steps wall on your way out. Right? Let's go. Let's do tangible things, real things. Let's pray for our community. Let's pray for our family members that don't know Jesus. Let's pray for the people we work with. Teachers, I know you already one weekend, you're like, dear Lord Jesus, help right? Pray for those students. You know a teacher? Be praying for a teacher. Commit to pray for a teacher this semester. I should have put that on that board because that's a good one. I hear some amens from our educators, yeah? But let's go. Let's go in the name of Jesus. We have good news to share, friends. So let's go in his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we, for some reason, get to be a part of what you're doing. God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for new life. Thank you, God, that even though we are not qualified on our own, you have made us complete. You have made us whole. You have called us. You have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. For those of us that have called on your name, and then you want us to be part of your work in the world, a disciple Lord, help us to, to, um, to grow and move towards full-hearted devotion. Lord, would you show us by your Holy Spirit where maybe we haven't been devoted, where we have been torn, we have been distracted? Would you show us that? And then, Lord, would you like help us to, to look around, maybe open our eyes, give us hypersensitivity to the needs of people around us who are starving for truth who are starving for life, like real life, not fake life, not this, not this fake business they've been doing, 
but true, true life. And it is found only in Jesus Christ. Oh God, give us the energy, the compassion, the sensitivity to see and to know who we can reach for the sake of your kingdom. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.